Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Join us this Saturday for an all-new episode of The Athletic NBA Show. Saturday Slam and Jam, hosted by me, Andrew Schlecht. I'll be joined by my co-hosts Alex Spears and many of the athletic beat writers that you know and love. We will recap the week of the NBA, play some NBA trivia, and just overall talk about the league that we love most. So while you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee on Saturday morning, listen to Saturday Slam and Jam on the Athletic NBA Show. Yo! It's Zach Harper, host of the Basketball Buds, right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Join me and the fellas, Waz, Trey, Jay, and Dave, for a new episode every Monday morning. What's Jay King going to say that lights the podcast on fire? What's that problematic envelope that Waz is going to keep pushing every single Monday? Tune in to find out. That's every Monday morning right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday on the Athletic Podcast Network. On today's Nerd or She Wrote, we're going to talk about how things are going to change in the Western Conference. We're going to talk about Luka Doncic's playing tournament comments and preparation for the playoffs. This is Nerd or She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. Welcome to Nerder She Wrote. I am not Dave Dufour. I'm Mode the Kill, joined by Seth Partnow. We got John Hollinger because Dave decided to just take a vacation. That's nice, Seth, isn't it? Yeah, in-season vacation. I don't understand this. This is not something I'm familiar with. Yeah, you know, like I never could as a video guy. It wasn't like I could just be like, oh, I'm taking the day. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, working, working, you know, in an NBA front office. Like, yeah, look, guys, I know the draft is next week, but like... <laughs> Y'all got this under control, right? Like, I'm, I'm just going to check out. Yeah. So, you know, I ran the model. What more do you need from me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing left. Nothing this left. This is what the simulation says. So, I mean, forget it. We're not even going to talk basketball. We're just going to trash Dave for the next hour. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that might get better ratings. <laughs> no, we got it. Let's, let's get right into it, though, guys. Uh, obviously, everybody knows by now the Jamal Murray injury out for the year with the ACL crushes Denver. I mean, Seth knows I've been on the, like, Hey, Denver's probably the second best team in the NBA. And I, they legitimately had a chance to me to, to get to the finals, but now I, I, it's not even so much looking at Denver, but how does this change for everybody in the West? You know, just kind of looking at it up and down the, the standings. Well, I think the biggest thing is now you've, suddenly that five seed becomes really valuable, right? Whereas previously, and I actually wrote about this the day before Murray hurt his knee, that the Lakers were sort of this wild card because you had four good teams at the top of the West, and then the Lakers were probably going to be five, six, seven or somewhere. 
And there could be a lot of seeding shenanigans the last week of the season, depending on where that Laker matchup went. Well, now, if you look at Denver, maybe hanging on to four or being five or something, like you want to get into that four or five bracket. If you're anyone else in the West, if you're the Lakers, if you're Portland, if you're Dallas. And so uh, that race all of a sudden becomes really important because your first round becomes so much more winnable. I mean, Denver's still a decent team without Murray, but I think it's a team that that people regard as one they could easily beat in the first round, it, especially, you know, if you're the Lakers and you beat them last year in five games, certainly, you feel like that's, that's one you can handle. So get, getting to five now becomes a big thing, I think, in the West. I kind of think for everybody but the Lakers, that's selling the Nuggets too short. I don't think they have really much equity as a finals team anymore, but yeah. I still wouldn't want to, I, I, I'm not sure I'd want to play them in a, in a playoff series now. I mean, they still have well, the guy who's if, going to win MVP. And if, but if the alternative is playing right. the Clippers or Phoenix or, or Utah, would you much rather play Denver? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that, but I don't I, I don't think we want to push it too far and and say they're they're going to be you know mm-hmm. like they're not going to be the Bulls after you know Derek Rose blew out his knee. Yeah, yeah. So that's, right, I right, think, right. I think it is worth making that distinction. But yeah, it's not yeah. like they're getting swept. I don't. I, I wouldn't see them getting swept in the first round. You know, Jokic can win you a couple of games in a in a playoff series. I am concerned about them in a first round matchup, though, really against anybody, just because how important Murray was in that two-man game him and Jokic has. He doesn't have that chemistry with anybody else on that team. He's not even with Porter. You know, like, they just don't have that yet. And I think that's a concern. But John's point of, like, that fifth seed is going to be really important. Right now, we're recording on Thursday. Lakers have it. They're a game and a half up on Portland, who's at six. And Dallas is at uh, a game behind Portland. So I'm not going to do the math because, you know, that's two, uh, three and a half. There we go. I did it in my head. I'm very proud of myself. But that becomes the real interesting thing is, you know, I think the Nuggets is going to uh, could drop a little bit too, though. I mean, they're only a game up on the Lakers. You know, I, I could see them dropping out of four, you know, and even possibly out of five if a team gets hot. We give the Lakers a, a, a touch of credit here, by the way. They, I, um, yeah. they're either. I'd have to look again exactly which game LeBron went out, but they're either six and seven or seven and seven in the, the stretch they've played yeah. without LeBron and AD. And they haven't really, they haven't played the toughest schedule, and I don't think they've really. None of their wins are against you know top quality teams, but still, without their two stars out, they're doing a good job of taking care of business of of kind of the lesser teams in the league. And I think that's been for a team that we've uh, thought has been going to be very top heavy. I think that's a, that, that speaks well to their, their sort of robustness as a team um, that these, that these other guys can take care of those of, of, you know, the, the, the Charlottes of the, of the world, shall we say. Yeah. They've managed to tread water really nicely. They even got a, a win in Brooklyn, an easy win in Brooklyn. Um and they've still defended really well, even without LeBron and Davis, which I think is a surprising thing. Uh, and a lot of credit to Frank Vogel for having those guys, you know, prepared scheme-wise and and preparation-wise to to take this on. They probably have to tread water for about two more weeks until the Calvary comes back. They do have some really tough games coming up now. 
so it still could get interesting. They have a back-to-back in Dallas, especially, uh, right. where the Mavs could make up some room on them. But so far, so good. You know, the people were worried the bottom would fall out, and that hasn't happened. I mean, that's the impressive part. Four and three on that seven-game long road trip without those guys. And, you know, John touched on it. Their defense hasn't dropped off at all. Like, that's kind of the more thing I'm looking at. Like, I was surprised by all of that. You know, once LeBron went out, I was like, okay, well, they're not going to be able to score and they won't stop anybody. And no, I was wrong. They are stopping people. And it's pretty impressive in that sense. When you look at the other teams in the West, you know, like with Denver kind of sort of being out of finals contention at the very least, you know, I look at it going like this opens the door for teams like Phoenix or the Clippers. Like the Clippers are playing really well right now, winning seven in a row. Paul George is in a good groove, even though he sat out their their game against Denver or excuse me, Detroit for rest. But like they're rolling pretty well. I I, I kind of like the, this, this Clipper squad a little bit coming together with Rondo. But what you know, this opening the door for other teams in the playoffs, you, you, you seeing guys kind of getting a little more. It, into it like i no, i don't i this is we'll get into back into this a little later but this is it's just so weird because teams all season have been you know a, a team with the possible exception of phoenix who've just been like steady and good every other team seems like they're having these these dips and it's like oh the, they're they're you know settling back into two different and then they jump back up again um, so yeah, the Clippers are playing like really well right now, but it's still with all the weirdness of the season and the absences and the compressed schedule. I just, I feel like we've hit this note four or five times in the show. It's just, I, I feel less able to predict what teams will look like in the playoffs than perhaps any season that I can remember, both because of the kind of the tightness of the teams together, but also I just don't know what we're seeing night in and night out from teams. What about uh, Utah guys? I mean, they're, they're kicking <laughs> right. the shit out of everybody in the West. Should we, should we maybe talk about them? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. They're, they, they are, they've been extremely dominant all season for the most part, you know, a blip here and there. And nobody really kind of trusts them or cares about them in the playoffs. And I think part of it is, you know, like, do we trust Donovan Mitchell to be your go-to guy to get you a bucket down the stretch of a, of a playoff game? They feel, I mean, it's, it's a very similar vibe between them and the box, right? It's, you know, they, they do amazing things in the regular season. And then we've seen, certain things happen in the playoffs and the narrative is probably even a little more unfair in Utah because, you know, Mike Conley's shot doesn't rim out last year and we think completely yeah. differently about this yeah. team. Um, but, but there's just, there's such the track record of, well, it's not going to work in the playoffs that, that I think we're, we're going to need to see it before we believe it. And I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's the reality. I mean, and we've gone through this before though, right? Like we went through it with, with Jordan, like, or Dirk, you know, with Dallas, like until they, until they win, like the perception of them is so skewed. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think sometimes we're too caught up in the fact that because in the, in the recent history, this team hasn't won. It means they will never win. And, and that clearly is not true. Yeah. That only applies right. to the Clippers. 
<laughs> Sorry, cheap shot. No, well, I, I, no, the Warriors weren't ready until they were, and then all of a sudden they were very ready. And it's, yeah. and it, it's you know, there was you remember John when you guys were up two one on them, it's like oh, oh just see jump shooting team can't yeah blah blah, blah. Yeah. and then then yeah. oh wait we just won't guard Tony Allen and and he's maybe a little hurt and 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 then oh no it's fine we're fine yeah. Um, yeah. And you just try and pull up old wounds like this is your no no no, no. I, I, no <laughs> I I still I it, we won two games but they had an awesome team and I think people were too quick to dismiss the fact they had an awesome team all year I mean I still I wish Mike and Bano and Tony had been healthy that whole series uh, I wonder what might have happened in that case but the fact is they I mean they beat us four times by double figures like they were good. Yeah, I think you you touch on a, a good point there, and this is something people don't like to acknowledge. But luck plays is going to play it this year. I don't know more than a year, but every year luck plays a huge part in who ends up winning the title. And it's oftentimes it's it's just it's not even that the the team that ends up winning got lucky, quote unquote. They avoided bad luck. They avoided an ill timed ankle turn. They yeah. you know, um, and it's they they avoided you know. Denver's kind of hit the whammy, unfortunately. Um, and that not happening to you is the form of good luck. And that was, frankly, a, a huge part of the Warriors, you know, being in five straight finals is they largely avoided that. Um, and that's, you know, it's not something you can control for. You try to give yourself the best chance. But with it so close this year and, you know, not knowing about so many guys' health, that's going to be a huge part in, in yeah. how this shakes out. Yeah, and then of course there's also going to be a random COVID protocol guy out. You know, like there's a whole there's a whole element of of variables that were like we just don't even know how we're going to combat that come playoff time. What's the of the top six teams and uh, in the West? Let's take the Lakers out of it because we know if they're healthy, everybody's going to kind of pick them. But who's the team that you think can surprise everybody and get out of the West in that in that sense? I think it's it's pretty wide open assuming the Lakers are not fully there. Where, where do you guys see it? Are we calling Utah a surprise at this point? No, a surprise was like probably I'm, I'm a bad so, I'm word. sort of amazed how, like, I, 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 you're right. <laughs> surprise everyone is, is of them with how well they played this season. I mean, I, I get some of the misgivings, right? They don't, they don't have, like, a, a lot of size at the 3-4 to guard, like, a Kawhi or LeBron one-on-one. And, you know, maybe if you play with a stretch big, you can pull Gobert away from the hoop. And uh, they, they, they don't have the one alpha score. It's more of a distributed thing. But that said, I mean, they, their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth best players are better than your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth best players by a pretty considerable margin. And I think they've shown that this entire regular season. And you look historically, I mean, teams that are this dominant in the regular season don't just go away in the playoffs right and, and you, you mentioned like the kind of the matchup stuff um if we're talking about the team that's the biggest beneficiary unfortunately of the murray injury it's probably utah because that Jokic was the single worst matchup for them in 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 the western in kind of the, the way through the west and yeah. you know they i don't I, I still think they probably wouldn't mind not playing denver but it's not the it's not the same thing in terms of having a guy who he he both Gobert is the guy who has to guard Jokic, 
and Jokic can drag drag them all over the floor. And I don't think anyone yeah. else. Maybe AD if he's hitting jumpers. No, but I I think AD does. I think that's that's something we've seen from the Lakers. You know, last season, you know, when they were playing Utah, put AD at the five, and it would just automatically pull him out. You know, I think that's I think I think the Lakers were, would have been a bigger concern for the Jazz. Now, unfortunately, the, the way it's looking is they might actually end up facing them in the second round. I think their hope yeah. was Clipper Lakers. You know, two three battle it out and then they get to kind of face off you know and, and and face one of those teams in the western conference i think i think ad poses a bigger problem for them that than uh even Jokic for that matter that that could be i mean it's also that ad is the second best player on on the team which is <laughs> that lebron guy is probably you know is, uh, but yeah that's a fair point. Um, no, you. I think you mentioned the team that I, I would say is. I mean, it's. I still think the Clippers are the second most likely team. I mean, if we we're gonna, we know I love tears. If we were gonna tear them, we we would put healthy Lakers one. I think Jazz and Clippers on that next line down, and then the Suns by themselves, and then kind of everybody else. Am I am I missing somebody? No, I think that. I mean, that's that's probably where I'm at with it. You know, I, I think the Suns could be interesting. I I don't buy the 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 hype that they're going to be able to get to the the finals. I know everybody's going nuts about Chris Paul's revitalization and really the the what he adds to that team. But the kind of the thing I sort of look at is like I and I love him, but like his playoff record sometimes like he makes some bad mistakes in the playoffs sometimes and it, it tends to hurt you. Um, and then you have guys who have never been in the playoffs, which I, I'm a believer in the experience matters to a degree. And I think that's something that's going to be an issue for them moving forward. So I'm not as high on them as everybody else, but like, I, I mean, they're interesting. You also have a guy who's going to be coaching for one of his first times in the playoffs like i think people don't think about the playoff experience of the coach yep. sometimes too um up and down the organization Mighty Williams just say. had the one series in new orleans right yeah no, but i would i would say up and down the or like you know i i think you two probably understand this as well as most like the first time you're there it's it, it, it it's it, it sounds like a weird thing to say oh it's different when you get to the second third round of the playoffs but I know I experienced this when we went to the conference finals. It's like, oh, this is this is different. Like, there's you know the inside the NBA guys are here, and 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 there was just a and, and having yeah. not you know coaches, organization, everything. It's there is a certain amount of going through that that you can't simulate as much as you know it's going to be harder until you actually do it, and you know really the 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 Suns have two players who've been there but from an organizational standpoint if they 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 don't know what any any of that's about yeah the the other thing with Phoenix I mean they've been completely healthy the whole season and, and so I think that's allowed them to like the standings flatter them basically because they haven't had to go through some of the stuff that some of these other teams have gone through, but in the playoffs, when it's full strength against full strength, that advantage kind of goes away. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting in that sense. I mean, like Seth, you touched on it. I went from the, the Clippers when we were just God awful to San Antonio and, and seeing the experience of, of, of us going like, okay, we're going to the playoffs. 
and all the work that goes into the the playoffs. Like, I don't think I left the facility for like three days, you know, like just preparing film and getting ready. And we had one of those things where it was so up and down and, and we weren't sure where we were going to be. We weren't as good as we were supposed to be that year. It was our first year with Richard Jefferson. And we were, we ended up being, I think the, the seven or six seed or something. We played Dallas in the first round, but I just remember all the work they going into it and going like, man, when I was with the Clippers, it was like, yo, we were planning vacations. We knew April 15th was the end of the season for yeah. us. <laughs> and where were we going April 16th? <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And and that leads to the more interesting thing too now is because now that we're in the last kind of like 15 to 20 games, you know, these teams that know they're going to make the playoffs are beginning to look at playoff matchups potential playoff matchups i think john you said earlier we we might see some shenanigans in terms of the standings and trying to to get into positions here but just leaning on our experiences i want to hear about your guys's experience on the lead up to the playoffs you know john being in the front office seth is in the analytics department and me in the video room i think we have a, a unique perspective yeah, I mean, I, I would say the video room gets its ass kicked on this the most by oh, far so because uh, you 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 basically have to have those preps ready to go when the buzzer goes off after the final game um, of of the regular season. Yeah. And we've had, I want to say, in 2015, I think we had like the last day going to the last day. We had maybe five different potential opponents, um, and then uh, as an as an added bonus, we had. We had a seventh game where the other team in our bra- other side of our bracket was also playing a game seven. So our, our video had to prepare two different books for the second round to be ready after that game seven, which they were also, uh, you know, assuredly crashing on the prep for the, for the seventh game. And then we lost that seventh game. So all their work went down the toilet. So oh, it's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> you have to know, you have to know in the video room, 90% of this is going away. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like if you're preparing for five teams, you only can play one. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. you know, we, we definitely had that experience. And I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, you know, it is more work for, for the analytics group, but it's not, it, it's not quite the same kind of exponential explosion because it's not, it's actually, you know, you do do some individual stuff on each team, but in terms of like the broader stuff you do, it's not actually that much more work to, you know, have your, have your, your processes run on five teams rather than one. Now you, you, so you probably end up helping, you know, helping assemble the binders and stuff like that a little bit more for the, for the video guys who are getting buried, but, but there is, but there is still like, there are, 
are kind of there's the standard stuff you want to do for every team, but then there's like the intricacies that you want to get into. And it does, it is that little bit more work of like, okay, the top three or four guys, the top couple pick and roll combos, what is it that they do? If there's, is there anything we can pick out that's going to tell, is there anybody who on their team it's unusual? Now this was probably more of a thing that we worried about in like 2017 than now because everybody does it. But like, then it's like, okay, who runs to the three point line on a, on a fast break? versus goes to the ramp who likes to euro in transition and who and who doesn't like like even those kind of things were were were, were stuff that we were trying to just just anything that, to help with that little bit of a prep edge and and you know the more teams you look at the harder it is to to dig really deep into all those things and, and the binders are the worst things by the way just the physical binders aspect <laughs> of it like john you mentioned kind of going into game seven we traveled from la to memphis to play game seven in, in uh 2011 and mm-hmm. you know we had to have the binders ready for if we won we were oh, playing yeah. this first yeah. and those are heavy as hell and do you know who yeah. had to carry it the video guy yeah some bullshit yeah. um <laughs> like, it was, it's just all of those things that go into i don't think people understand like doc was adamant as soon as the first game ended as soon as the last game ended the the, the books had to be on everybody's chair and luckily yeah. we were on the West Coast, so it was a little bit easier because all the games would end that night and yeah. we would know. But we had we that year we had a bunch of books set up. You know, I, I we ended up playing the Warriors, but we had a few others ready to go. And and it's just so challenging, all the preparation that goes into it, you know, and and, and from the front office perspective, though, like how involved are you? I know obviously you're not breaking down film or anything. It, it, it's a little bit different from that view, but how, how are you viewing the the prep for the playoffs? Uh, it, it changed every year. Uh, I'm trying to think what was, what, what would be quote unquote, a typical experience. Um, because on, on the front office side, we were doing a lot of our draft work too, especially on overseas guys. Then, right. I mean, the hoop summit is the last week of the season. The Jordan classic is happening then. Um, so you're, you're doing a lot of your work on, on that front too. The final four has just ended. Um, so the combine kind of is right a, at the end of the second round, it, it kind of, what's that? The combine usually falls right around the end. And then of the, the combines round. right at the end of the second round. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, our, I've, I'll say our level varied with that some, and sometimes it was just, we, you know, kind of one or two of us were working on that and one or two of us were, were working on the other stuff. The, um, the, the one year I'd say we really got in pretty deep with it was actually, we had enough time to know. So we're in a four or five series in the first round in 2015. And we really did some deep dives on golden state. Cause we knew they were going to be our opponent in the second round. And we basically had two weeks to get ready for it. Um, and uh, I, I think that I think that actually really helped us with that series, just in, in terms of having some ideas of what it we, we were able to really drill down on the games that they lost that year, which weren't that many, um, and sort of look at okay, when they lost, what did it look like? What, what happened? Were there keys to it? Uh, and I think we were able to uh, help uh, help Jaeger build a pretty decent game plan around that. Seth, what's what is it from the analytics perspective though? Like, what are you guys looking for? You know, like I, I I like that John mentioned like looking at how other teams lost. Like that was something we would try to do. Is like, all right, what were the teams that beat them very well doing 
you know, on the analytics side, what is some of the stuff you, you would be looking for? I mean, that, that's an interesting one because those indicators are sometimes, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a, of a, well, what did he hit on the second half of doubleheaders after the, after the seventh inning on Tuesdays, right. you know, some yeah, of those you, things. You got to like, make sure you're not looking yeah. at noise. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. It's like, like, you know, okay. You think, okay, what, what's the one characteristic of Golden State's losses that year? They probably shot like crap. Okay. So if we, if we, if they yeah. miss all their open jump shots, we win. That's great. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. Um, some of that, I think at this point, you know, where there's a little bit further away, you, there is some input in if there's something we can pick up on someone we'd, we'd rather play or not. And even that gets tricky at times. I remember one year um, while LeBron was still in Cleveland, they were one of our, our, uh, our possible playoff matchups. And it was like, you know, by everything, like from a regular season statistical standpoint, we would have wanted to play them, but no, you just, okay. But LeBron, <laughs> so no, we don't want to play them. So like put, put that to the, in trying to find a way to, to message that, that wasn't like, but I'm, but I don't actually, without making it seem like none of the, the, the metrics matter. It's just knowing that like, like, okay, playoff LeBron is different. So let's, put that aside that, that's interesting play. there was one year where we had potentially had some agency over our playoff opponent we did end up with a discussion of who do we want to play that was and and it wasn't it wasn't totally clear who who would be our in our best interest to play that that was that was an interesting one i mean the year we had the most agency because i think we played some of the teams was actually was uh, 2019 and like we were good enough that we didn't care so, yeah. that, so that was, you know, the, 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 you know, the other years where there's so much going on, we were just trying to make sure we got in almost. Um, yeah. And, and, but then that, then, then that year is like, eh, we're, we're, we're much like whoever finishes eighth in the, in the East, we're much better than, so who gives a crap. Right. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Cause now we talk about that stuff and you're looking forward to the, the playing tournament. And that's going to add a wrinkle just in the preparation aspect alone for the top teams, because now they got to watch the the tournament and 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 figure it out and and things like that. I think. It, do we feel like it's a little bit of an unfair advantage to them, or does it even matter? Because you know, like Utah's so good, are they really going to lose to to any of these teams that they might face in the in the first round? Are you saying they're at a disadvantage because they don't have as much time to prepare for the for their first round opponent potentially? Yes, and I feel very bad for their video guys. <laughs> yeah. Solidarity. I mean, the, who cares? Uh, I can tell by John's face. You know, like, who cares? <laughs> we're like, eh. <laughs> well, but in a year like this year, where it is so close, and maybe even having to go one extra game in the first round, like I, I you know, I would I would think you would prefer not to have to do that so even if 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 you end up a little like caught aback by something that happens in in like the first game of the series and you know, okay we we kind of unluckily dropped the first game now we have to go six instead of five i mean even that again where everything is so close like you've you've you talked about utah being like dominant across the year as i, I wrote earlier this week that yes they have been the best team kind of across all opponents this year but in terms of their ability to beat the other best teams, they've been one of the worst best teams that we've seen. They're mm-hmm. they're they they have been the best, but they have they they haven't separated by as much yeah. as kind of usually the, the the team you you expect to go for. So with those margins a little bit smaller, it maybe doesn't matter for the first round, but maybe that like cumulative thing of having to go through 
you know, three, four series, maybe there's a slight thing there. But at the same time, I mean, would you rather play New Orleans or Portland? Like, I think Portland's a better basketball team. So sure. I'd rather play the worst basketball team. And even if it, even if it may end up getting a little surprising in game one. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Well, this this leads us to our next topic, though, which is Luka Doncic came out very upset about the playing tournament. His quote was, I don't understand the playing. You play 72 games to get in the playoffs. Then maybe you lose two in a row and you're out of the playoffs. I don't see the point. Then Mark Cuban chimed in. The worst part of this approach is that the double stress of the compressed schedule. Rather than playing for a playoff spot and being able to rest players as the standings become clearer, teams have to approach every game as a playoff game to either get into or stay in the top six since the consequences, as Lucas said, are enormous. So players are playing more games, more minutes, in fewer days. In hindsight, this approach was an enormous mistake. How much of this has to do with the fact that they are seven? Oh, how dare you? Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine why Cuban would would say such a thing just because of that. You know, Uh, I mean, mean, that was my initial reaction is what he's really saying is we thought the play in would be for other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and instead it's for them. Now, it's true. They had to compress the schedule by five more days or whatever in order to accommodate the play in. And so they're paying for it right now because they do have too many games uh in in too little time that was going to be the case with or without the playoff game though wouldn't it isn't it i mean you even if you add five more game five more days to the season like like yes that's a little bit more stress but the season was already going to you're trying to cram 72 games into the amount of time they had it was was already going to be a bad math problem worse right it it forces more back-to-backs four and fives fives and five and sevens would it whatever um the the rest of Cuban's statement is actually a good thing. Like, I'm right. sorry, our the, yeah, the our product between the trade deadline and the start of the playoffs mostly sucks, right? Yep. And anything that we can do to incentivize competition in that stretch is a good thing. So I think revising the lottery odds and creating the play-in are great for that, that we're getting a lot more March and April games where – uh, and May games, I guess now this year, where teams teams will actually have their best players on the court and actually be trying to win. Yeah, games matter at the point at this point of the situation. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I've not been the biggest fan of the playing tournament, just the concept. You know, because I was always saying like you play a whole regular season deal. Yeah, but I also understand it's an entertainment product right that's that's the whole thing that that we have to remind ourselves sometimes like it's it's kind of a hokey and seemingly unfair way to to decide things at at a micro level why why is it Um, why why is it hokey you knew at the start of the season you need to finish sixth when your games finish sixth i don't like i have no sympathy for it's like like, there's nothing not in their control that would that that kept them from being better 
Other than yeah, if, it, if I finish 13 games of, of the freaking wizards and they still steal a playoff spot from me at the end, I'm still pissed. Right. Okay? But, but, <laughs> but I think you get back to the it. point of like this, like this is entertainment at the end of the day. And the entertainment value of this sport is increased uh, tremendously by doing this, especially when it's not coming at the expense of top seeded teams getting knocked out right away which I think is how, like, I think that's why they went from, like, best of three to best of seven in the first round, for instance. So they're like, okay, we can't be, we can't be losing, you know. Right. Can't, can't be losing our defending champion Lakers in, in a best of three series in the first round anymore, so. Yeah, and yeah, that's, I just, I, sorry, go ahead, Mo. No, I just think that's the interesting aspect of it is like, look, the Mavs are going to be fighting like hell to get out of the seventh seed. Right. And it's going to make for entertaining basketball. And we're going to tune into Portland. We're going to tune into Dallas now to see where these teams match up because that's who they're chasing, you know, and and in this instance, you know, if it was just a normal playoff scenario or, or normal year, you know, they're three, three, two and a half games above eight, like they'd they'd be a little bit feel more comfortable. I like this. I like that. I've revised myself in the sense of like, this is more entertaining. This is a better product. That, and I just, I, it it boggles my mind Mm -hmm. that, that someone would think that it's a, that, that a complaint that, but now we have to win a game is a, is actually a cogent complaint about the system. Like, it's not like you you flip a coin and you're out. No, win a game. You have two chances to win a game after you had 72 chances to not have to play in that game and you're going to complain to me about this get, get no 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 i'm not having it yeah it, 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 it's it's that simple and listen if they're seven they should be able to beat memphis i mean we just saw luca hit the crazy game winner <laughs> to do that but that at least it wasn't a bank shot from half court sorry ucla uh but like it's it's a fun like these are going to be fun games we saw it in the play-in turn i mean in the bubble like how fun that was watching those teams go at it now that we're winding down the show i want to do the typical dave dufour hey what are you guys looking at and and watching for this week john since you're our guest i'm going to go to seth first to give you more opportunity to think of stuff (laughs) um We've talked a lot about the West. I'm actually looking at the East just in terms of a lot of the teams out there are kind of dealing with some health stuff. I mean, the, you know, the Giannis has missed with six games in a row for Milwaukee and they're being very sort of tight lipped about what's going on there. Obviously like Brooklyn has had guys in and out of the lineup and now, you know, we're recording this on Thursday and, and I'm, Unfortunately, but I guess fortunately for for him, Lamarcus Aldridge, like retired today because of of uh, an irregular heartbeat. So, and you don't want to lump that in with like kind of normal injury stuff. But you know, the, the teams uh, in the East who who think that they are are in this are seeing if they start to get some guys back and and sort of build some rhythm towards you know what what is shaping up to be an interesting, I would say probably three way race at the top of the East. So. Yeah, John, what 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 are you looking at? I'm actually looking further down in the Eastern Conference because while three teams have clearly run away with at the top, there's a very interesting battle when you look at four, five, six, seven, avoiding the play-in uh, between teams who thought they would be contending at the top three. If you look at Boston, if you look at Miami, um, Toronto certainly thought they'd be way better than this. 
Um, and then you have the insurgents where Atlanta has made a big run and now they're in fourth. And can, can the Hawks be a team that, you know, can they be a home court first round team? Can they win a playoff series maybe? Um, or are they actually not as good as Boston and Miami, especially as we get toward the second half, you know, Fournier comes in for Boston, Miami has additions. Like, are they going to, are they going to start to make a move or are they just going to, I mean, these were our Eastern conference finalists last year. Right. Right. And they, they just all year, they just haven't been there at all. They have just been mediocre teams. And so can, can they make some kind of run here? And the reason I'm looking at that, even though I don't think they can realistically win the East, is because I think whatever happens with them also has really important implications for what happens this offseason. Yeah, and it's interesting. All three of us are staying East. I'm actually going to be focused in on Boston here for the, this week. It's it's funny. They're going on a nice run. They've won, I think, six of their last seven at this point. Uh, they play the Lakers tonight, so they'll, they should win that game. We'll assume they do but this reminds me of their west coast trip when they had Kyrie and everything was hunky dory after a plane flight and everybody got along and then everything crashed to the earth relatively quickly sure. after that so i'm i'm curious to see if this is just sort of a reincarnation of this or are the celtics beginning to turn this around in in what has been a fairly disappointing season for them when you first said you were staying in the East, I was really hoping you were going to say you were focused on the race for 12th between Cleveland and Orlando. It is interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> Not so much. Is it, is it too early to start talking about the Chicago Orlando trade again? Or should we, should we, yeah. should we save that for another, should we save that I mean, for another week? Them losing to Orlando was a little bit of a red flag, right? <laughs> well, I'm also like Wendell Carter Jr. has looked, you know, a little bit more Pretty like good. the player. Yeah. yeah like a little more like the player. And, and, you know, I didn't think that, I didn't think that that, that trade was fully for this year only for Chicago, but yeah. it certainly hasn't done much for them and actually we just as we're recording this it's, uh zach levine's going to be out seven to ten because he's now in the health and safety protocols Ooh, so wow. that's probably that probably uh sends them the wrong way yeah that's going to be interesting it's funny because you're right like it just proves though that sometimes guys just need that change of scenery a different opportunity you know join you know getting wendell carter into orlando into a system where hey we're just going to give you a ton of time and, and you don't have to look over your shoulder when you make a mistake and let's see what you got. I think is it, it'll be interesting to see how his career kind of progresses from there. A, a coach who's saying, Hey, let's see what you got instead of, Hey, don't do that. Which seemed like a lot of his first couple of years in the league was sort yeah. of all, a lot of the things that we liked about him in terms of his, you know, perimeter versatility, especially seemed to be like, um, you know, uh, coached out of him a little bit and well, just getting yeah. the freedom to, to, yeah. to, to try stuff again. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks for checking us out. I'm Mo. That's Dave. John, thank you for joining us. And, and wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. You just called him Dave. Wow. Because okay. I was going to take a shot Here. at Dave. And, and, and <laughs> you know, I, I was going to make a joke saying that, you know, we had to have a. Uh, uh, John on because his balls that are replaced Dave uh, yeah. was where my mind was going. So let's try that again. A mo. That is uh, John. Thank you for filling in for Dave. Thanks That's for having it. me. Thank you. That's it, folks. Let's even in, Jade. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>